Hi, this is Karen Walker. Welcome to No Dumbing Down, a podcast series for senior leaders. We're focused on creating the internal strategies to drive and support your external growth. be interesting today to talk a little bit about why I do this work, why it's important to me, and a framework that I found that has been uh, very useful both in my own work as well as that for my clients. I graduated from Texas A&M with a degree in engineering, and really early on I went to work with a company that was a startup. In fact, I was actually the 104th employee at this place. We hadn't made any money. We hadn't even shipped anything yet when I started in this company, Compaq, what we did was we made computers. It was the first, quote, IBM-compatible computers that were portable. And, well, portable is a relative word. They weighed about 20 pounds each, and that would be like carrying around 20 of these, um, you know, a MacBook Air or something into a Starbucks. So you get the picture of what portable was then. Um, but what's important here is let me tell you about the atmosphere of this place at Compaq. There was so much work to be done. We were growing so fast, and people were trying to help each other out, but because there was more to do than anyone else could do, you could just keep keep taking on responsibility and doing things. I remember more than once we were trying to get a new model out the door in order to meet our customer commitments, and everybody was in the shipping department really helping to ship product to meet our deadlines and our commitments. But the CEO was there shipping, the head of engineering was there, I was there, We were all there because you could really see the connection between the action that you took and the results for the company. And it was really that way with all of our jobs. Once we created a temporary office space out of a parking garage, we were almost out of space. We were hiring hundreds more people than there were forecast every month. Not hundreds every month, but hundreds more than forecast every month. So we found new and unusual ways to use the limited resources to get things done. We were setting records. We were achieving sort of beyond our wildest expectations, certainly beyond mine. It was a very vibrant place, and we were having a lot of fun. So we went from this little company that hadn't shipped any products or made any money to a record-setting then $111 million revenue in our first year. went public the next year, became the youngest firm ever to make the Fortune 500, and we hit the billion-dollar mark in our fifth year. By the time we left, by the time I left, We were at $15 billion, and there was waste, right? This was like, uh, you think about the old cliche about making sausage. There was definitely waste. We had amazing accomplishments, but we weren't operating very efficiently. That inefficiency really bothered me with my industrial engineering background. We made a lot of mistakes, and we all know that growth covers up a lot of mistakes. And I always thought we're making this so much harder on ourselves than it has to be because we created so many of our own problems. And then we were applying the scarce resources that we had to rework into fixing those problems. These mistakes and what can prevent them fell into five specific categories, and we'll talk more about those later. But being there in that kind of atmosphere and really living up to our potential of making money, of having an environment you wanted to be at, really having people band together, an atmosphere of individual and organizational achievement, and seeing the immediate impact of the work, this is what led to my own personal aha moment. Because afterwards, when I went to companies that weren't like that, that weren't being led into their potential, that weren't vibrant, 
they sort of looked to me like the employees were the walking dead or they were out of balance, for example, repeatedly emphasizing short-term profits over long-term growth or pitting individual achievement against organizational achievement, all actions which dampen the vibrancy of the organization. And I knew that this was not what the company was created for. It wasn't created to stay in place to maintain the status quo or to slide into a decline. So this whole idea of vibrancy, of exciting growth, growth you can sustain, growth that can change the future for customers and employees, that's what I committed to. And that's why closing this growth gap is so important to me. It's not just a business strategy. It's why I'm here. One of my clients described it as missionary work. Well, it's my life's work. So now you know a little bit more about me and how I got here. Let me talk about how this vibrant, potential-reaching organization, how to lead them, and what you might do to close your own growth gap. So what is a growth gap? It's the space between where you are today and your potential. It's a disparity, a disruption. There's a failure to bring forth potential that is the gap. And what creates it? A failure of leadership. So here you are today in what we'll call the pleasant present. Things are pretty good right now. You're in a pretty good place or you wouldn't be here. There's a payoff to where you are. You wouldn't be staying here making money, although maybe not quite as much as you'd like. You're bringing in revenue and definitely working harder than it seems like you should be. So for most of you, you will, if you don't already, realize that you're not where you could be. You're not fully actualizing your organizational potential. The potential revenue, the employee excitement in the daily work, the contribution of the marketplace, even your customers as champions of your brands, you are not achieving what you could be. And that potential is on the other side of your growth gap. You may also reach a point where it's just harder to sustain the growth. All the easy market share has been picked up. Your big new idea is commoditized. You have involuntary turnover by key employees. These things can also create gaps. Bridging that gap, reaching your potential, achieving what you're capable of achieving by working differently, not by working harder, that's the capacity that's possible in an organization from the good job that you're doing today to the job that's truly aligned with what your potential is in the future. So here's what it takes to do that. There's a framework that I call the growth gap framework. It's a leadership framework. The methodology will change according to your individual circumstance, but the framework is central for all. You are probably doing one or more of these really well. It could be your strength, in fact. What made you success that you are today? But you're probably not doing others. In fact, they might be your blind spots. That's why this framework is so useful. What I know is that getting good at all five will enable you and your organization to realize more of your potential. I'm going to talk about the five today in brief, and then in subsequent podcasts, we'll talk about each one in more detail. So it's best to do these five in order, and I'll tell you the order, but you don't have to do them in order. The elements can go either sequentially, which is what I recommend, or you can do them in unison. So here's an introduction to each of the five, and then we'll look at the individual elements in more detail. The first is create time to think. This is the gap of awareness, awareness of what is possible. Second is avoiding the abundance trap. This is the framework of saying no. The gap between short-term feel-good and long-term strategy is about what not to do. Third is align your stars. This is about resource alignment. 
having clear goals, prioritizing, and rewarding the behaviors you want. Fourth, hold your feet to the fire. This is about accountability, the gap between your intention and your behavior, a failure to follow through. It's about discipline, measurement, and success. Last, and perhaps most important, is mastering the art of leverage. This is the gap between the highest and best use of your time. It is leveraging yourself and your learning. In future podcasts, I'll add detail to each of these elements. In the meantime, think about where do you think your gaps are today? Hey, thanks for listening. You can also join the conversation using hashtag no dumbing down across social media, or I'd be grateful if you'd subscribe to No Dumbing Down on iTunes. And of course, please rate us while you're there. You can also head to nodumbingdown.com to hear this episode and more and to sign up for our newsletter delivered to your inbox each week. Take good care. Mm-hmm.